It's Curious City, where we take your questions about Chicago and the region and investigate, report, explore from WBEZ. A few years ago, on a cold and dreary night, Ty McCarthy was sitting under the sad glow of the golden arches of the McDonald's at North and Wells in Old Town. I was looking across the street at Second City, and I looked up and I saw, like, the big portrait of Tina Fey, like, smiling down at me from that second-story display they have. And he's thinking, maybe Tina Fey ate at this very McDonald's, or Stephen Colbert, or Tim Meadows, or Amy Poehler, or tons of other famous improvisers who went on to big careers in comedy who started out right here in Chicago, which made him wonder... How did Chicago become such a destination for improv? Ty, 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 you have come to the right person for your answer. Really, you could not be in better hands for this one. You may have heard of me. I'm Jimmy Corrine. No, I don't have a portrait on the wall at Second City like Tina Fey, but I have eaten at that same McDonald's many times. I've also been improvising and teaching improv in this city for almost 30 years. And Ty, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what I think you meant to ask is, how did Chicago become the mecca for improv? I get it, you're new in town, but that's okay. I know what makes this city the best. But before we get into that, let's get something straight here. Improv is not stand-up. Stand-up is one person, and it's scripted. Improv is usually two or more people, and we're making the stuff up on the spot. How do we do that? Well, normally you'd have to take one of my improv classes to find out. Registration for Level 2 is now open. Go to jimmycorain.com to sign up. But for you, a free lesson. It's something we call yes and. For example, if I say something on stage, you agree to it, and then you add something to it. I invited one of the city's best improvisers, my old friend Susan Messing, to help us demonstrate yes and for you. I brought you something. I brought you something from the Ukraine. Yorkie, how could you bring me such a gift? It is in such a beautiful box. I'm very excited. Please open. It makes a sound. Yes, it does. It makes it sound like a sheep. Did you get me a sheep? Are you telling me again what the gift is? You wrap it so nicely and yet don't let me... See, it is a sheep. Oh, my God, look at this. And look at what I wrote on the sheep. I... I heart... You. you. E-W-E. Funny, yes, yes, funny. Yes, funny. Oh, you, you got the I joke. got the joke. You, I'm just sad that I did not get to... You tell me what is going is to happen surprise. before... <gasps> Will you marry me? Yes. That was a surprise. So right there, when you joined me in the accent, that was a version of agreement. Absolutely. And then we agreed on, okay, okay, I'm giving you a present. It's, it had a sheep sound. It's a sheep. You know, I love you. Uh, kind of a joke there. I agreed with it. We just, we never said no. We did not say no, but in the way that you just explained it, you simply sucked the whole joy out of it. Don't worry, Ty, we have not forgotten about you. Here is my first theory for why Chicago is the mecca of improv. Like 16-inch softball and deep dish pizza, improv was born here. Really, if you ask me, that should be enough. But this is public radio, and the Helen Moskowitz Family Foundation has graciously offered a matching gift if we can keep this thing going for another eight minutes. So what better way to do that than with a little history and a character voice? During the Great Depression, Viola Spolin made up some games to help immigrant kids at Hull House express themselves. Her son, 
Paulsales took those games and helped form the first ever group to improvise shows based on audience suggestions. After that, he helped start the Second City back in 1959. And while I could talk forever about the many other amazing things Chicago produced for this art form, the I.O., the Annoyance Theater, Jazz Freddy, or any other show I was in, I'm not going to do that. Just know that Chicago did a lot of great things for improv. My friend Jonathan Pitts, who co-founded the Chicago Improv Festival, says this is what makes Chicago the mecca. Beyond being the birthplace, Chicago kept doing new and exciting things with improv over and over again. If it had been one thing, it might have been a blip on the screen. But once you're into tradition and culture and history, that all points back to us being ground zero, making us the mecca of improv. So there you have it. From Bill Murray to Key and Peele, some of the biggest names in comedy have come out of Chicago's improv scene. This is a big reason people come here from all over the world to learn the improv ropes. And then, of course, sell out when something better comes along. Not all of us have. Susan hasn't. Jonathan hasn't. I haven't. I'm not saying I wouldn't if the right offer came along. All right, fine. So maybe I haven't had the chance to sell out. But you know what? It's never too late. T.J. Jagodowski did have that chance, but he's remained here for the last 20-plus years. You may know T.J. from the Sonic commercials, but improv nerds know him better as one half of the two-person show, T.J. and Dave. So I asked T.J., why'd you stay in Chicago? I think the primary reasons are are twofold. One, I have massive anxiety. Um, uh, Something like the pressure of stardom would not sit well with my constitution. Secondly, I fell in love with improvisation more than anything else. And what is it about improv that, that you love? I really hate repeats. And the television shows? Anything. You know, there are people who watch the same movie 20 times and they want to memorize it and they want to learn every moment of it. I don't want to see that movie anymore. I know how this thing ends. To Kill a Mockingbird is my favorite book ever. I've read it once. I don't want to read it again. (laughs) And so the guarantee of improvisation that I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, not only how it ends, I don't know what's happening in the next second. That draws me every single time. I would be at I.O. Every single night. For years, I was there every single night because potentially the best thing happening anywhere in the world was going to happen that night on that stage. I couldn't say that for any other place on earth. And as long as it was being done here better than anywhere else, more often than anywhere else, in more places than anywhere else, then this was my home. Why would I go? Why would I go anywhere else? For improvisers who are seeking fame and fortune, Chicago's distance from show business can be a blessing and a curse. You're not going to get your own TV show here. But at the same time, we have more of an artist colony where you can take risks and no one is watching. You're improvising for the sake of improvising. Yes, the opportunities for stardom usually don't reside right I here. I still have my fingers crossed. Uh-huh. And, and I'm rooting for you too, Jimmy. <laughs> If only to get you out of here, you know. Thank you, thank you. It's kind of uh, like the, 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 you know, I've been in, you know, I've been in high school for five years. It's like we're just going right. to pass him. We're going to pay. He failed English, but we're going to pass. him. I don't know if he's don't ready want... for college, yeah. but he sure can't be here yeah. anymore. Yeah, right. Um, and and also like you know, as you well know, uh, people in Chicago improvise so that they can do it forever, and people in Los Angeles improvise so they never have to do it again. Um, and so my, my impulse is to agree with that. Plus, I don't like Los Angeles, so to hell with them. But Chicago, you get your chops here. You do your work, and you really are allowed to, like, not be noticed. 
you know, because like, there there aren't agents in the audience. There isn't a producer looking to come get you. And the freedom of that sort of shared anonymity allows you to take some chances and occasionally do really wonderful things. And you might then find your stardom somewhere else. If you're a regular listener of Curious City, we know you like to play devil's advocate. So you're saying to yourself, well, what about improvisers in other cities that aren't New York or L.A., like Omaha or Pittsburgh? Aren't they shielded from show business opportunities, too? So why aren't any of those cities the mecca? Well, if you want to get good at improvising, you got to do it a lot. And in Chicago, the opportunities to perform are nearly endless. You could easily be doing a show every night of the week in a theater, back room of a bar, or in the basement of an auto parts store. On top of that, the improv community here is really supportive, which is another reason Chicago's a mecca. My good friend, Susan Messing, she agrees with me. This is a city that will work with you if you will find a way. We celebrate everybody and their successes. And here is yet another reason why we're the best. Compared to New York and L.A., Chicago's a pretty affordable place to live. Chicago, on an improviser's salary, you can pretty much have a good quality of life here. I'm sorry, did you say an improviser's salary? Yes. There's no <laughs> such thing of that. All right, so between the temp job I'm sorry. and... Now, what's so funny about that? <laughs> because, okay. Uh, okay. Okay, so the money for improvisers is lacking. But that's my point. You can still have a decent quality of life here on what improvisers make at their day job. You can't really say the same for New York or L.A. So, Ty, this is a long piece. And quite frankly, I'm exhausted. And I think I've answered your original question about why Chicago's the mecca for improv. It's our history, distance from showbiz, and our supportive improv community. But I can't help but feel there might be another element to all this, something in the air that makes this city such a great place for this art form to prosper, more than any other place on earth. And because Jonathan Pitt seems to have all the answers, I asked him what he thought. You look at the history of this place, how many times Chicago has rebuilt itself, from prairie fires, taking everything down to big fires, to just rebuilding so many times that there is an element of change and transformation that's in the DNA of our city's history, which I think then creates the sort of people that live here that hustle and make things change and happen. We took a baseball game and turned it into 16 softball. We took acoustic blues and electrified it. We took poetry and turned it into poetry slam. We took beats and made house music. Our whole cultural history as a city is taking something and turning it into something else. There it is. That's what makes Chicago such a great home for improv. Transformation and change are inherent to both, so they feed each other. Like the 85 Bears. Ah, that doesn't have anything to do with anything. But this is a Chicago story, so you have to throw in a sports reference. In hindsight, maybe I should have just left it out. Felt kind of forced, and not the best way to end a piece. Anyways, reporting and production for the story came from Laura Pavin. All the fun came from me, Jimmy Corain. Support comes from the Conant Family Foundation and not the Helen Moskowitz Family Foundation. We totally made that up for this story. Yeah, yeah, so you're thinking more in my voice? During the Great Depression, Viola Spolin made up some games to help. Let's see if we can have some fun during the Great Depression, all right? I'm going to do it again in a different voice. Mm Mm-hmm. During the Great Depression. One more time. What do you want this time? What do you want this time? <laughs> Throw something at me. Out the 
During the Great Depression. During the Great Depression. During the Great Depression. This is fun, you guys. Next time on Curious City. What's it like to live in the loop? You might think Chicago's business district could feel crowded, impersonal, isolating, with all the commuters, tourists, and shoppers. But some people find real community there. The cafe across the street, you know, they know, they ask about what school I'm going to, you know. Even in the library. In the I library. forgot to tell you that there's a woman at the library who keeps asking about you. <laughs> when a central business district is your neighborhood. That's next time on WBEZ's Curious City. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.